Thank you very much, uh, Adam and Tucker. Appreciate y'all so much singing that special for us this morning. Good morning to you, uh, or happy afternoon, or whatever it is, but, but happy Easter. Uh, what a wonderful day. It is Easter Sunday, and we, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ today. Jesus is alive. He is risen, and so we have reason to celebrate. We'll always have reason to celebrate those of us that have faith in Jesus Christ because He is alive. He died in our place, but He came back to life as well. And so last week, we looked at Jesus' death on the cross. We looked at the crucifixion. And then this week, of course, Easter Sunday, we're going to look at the resurrection. In John chapter 20, if you have a Bible, turn there. If you can get a Bible, go grab one and turn with me to John chapter 20. But as we look in John chapter 20, we see an eyewitness account of the resurrection. I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different today as, as this text is all about Jesus' resurrection. John showing us what took place, helping us to understand what it was like on that day. I want you to try and imagine it just as best as you can. I want you to try and imagine what it was like for John and for Peter and for Mary on this day. As he goes through and tells us the things that were happening, I want you to try and uh, imagine the emotions that they had. Because I think that if we can do that, if we can really... Uh, trying to immerse ourselves in this text, that it may just help us to, uh, to celebrate the way they did on that day that they first saw this empty tomb and that they first saw this resurrected Jesus. We know he's alive. We know how the story ends. But today I want us to uh, imagine it almost as if we didn't so that we can go through and, and relive the glory of this morning, this, this first Easter morning, fresh and new. So just a little bit of a refresher. Jesus dies and you can imagine those of us that have had loved ones that have passed away we can imagine at least a little bit of what they were feeling so Jesus dies on Friday afternoon and Friday evening they put his body in a tomb his body was given to uh, a couple of men and they went and they laid it in a brand new tomb and we're told in Matthew chapter 27 61 that Mary even went and watched as they laid his body in the tomb so this is just a couple of days later. They were, they were so sad. You have to imagine this, this Jesus who they loved, this Jesus who they had been with for years, who they had uh, learned from. Every time they were sad, Jesus was the one that could console them. Every time that they were ignorant about something, Jesus is the one that could teach them. Every time that they were scared of something, Jesus was the one that could comfort them. And now this Jesus they've just seen, not only is he dead, and not with them, but he has died in this, this terrible public fashion, being executed as if he were a criminal. And so I want us to, to imagine now it's the first day of the week. So brand new Sunday was different for them. Sunday wasn't go to church day like it is for us. Uh, this is a brand new day. The Sabbath day was yesterday, was Saturday. And now it's Sunday. It's the first day of a brand new week. And this is the day that Mary is going to the tomb. She's taking some spices to do what would be a kind of the equivalent of embalming. This was a regular practice. This was, uh, she was going to anoint the body. This was something that you would do to show love or care or respect to someone. And so Mary is headed to the tomb with the spices. And that's where we'll pick up, pick up in John 20, verse 1. It says, now on the first day of the week... Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. 
So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, that's John, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Now, I always love to point out that this is John's eyewitness account, and John happens to write in here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in verse 4 that John outran Peter as they were headed to the tomb, but that's, that's neither here nor there. We see here's what happened. So Mary's going to the tomb expecting to find uh, Jesus' body to anoint it with these spices. And when she gets there, the stone that she had seen rolled in front of this tomb is now moved. It's been moved and the tomb is unsealed. And immediately she runs. And, and why does she run? It's not excitement, right? We think of the empty tomb and we think of, uh, of being excited and joy, but that's not what Mary has going on here. Why? Because Mary doesn't yet understand what's going on. Mary doesn't think this is a good thing. We see that clearly in verse 2 because when she gets to Simon and John, she doesn't say the stone is rolled away in excitement and elation. No, she says they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So what she suspects, I believe, is that grave robbers uh, or someone else had taken Jesus' body from the tomb. Why would I say grave robbers? Because in this Roman era, uh, that was very common, grave robbers. We see not long after Jesus, the emperor actually makes it uh, a crime that was punishable by capital punishment because uh, it had become so rampant. So it's likely that Mary thinks that maybe either some opponents of Jesus's had came and removed his body in a disrespectful way or that it had been robbed, the tomb had been robbed and his body had been removed. But either way, she's not excited. She thinks the body's been stolen. And so Peter and John, you imagine, right, this is a couple of days after Jesus has died and you're still processing this and this is the first uh, full day with, you know, on the Sabbath, they didn't go anywhere. They didn't do anything. So this is the first day that you wake up and say, what am I going to do today without Jesus? What, where do we go? What does life look like? And early in the morning, Mary comes running to you and says, they've taken the body of Jesus. So Peter and John, they take off. They're running to the tomb. I don't know what they're feeling, but I imagine that they're either mad and angry or they're, they're sad or they're scared, but they're running to the tomb and then uh, whenever they get to the tomb, we're going to see that they make this. That John here in the text makes a big deal about what they did see in the tomb and what they didn't see in the tomb. Look with me at the text to see in verse five. It says, "And stooping to look in, he this is talking about John that got there first. He saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in." Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Now, this is interesting to us because whenever they run to the tomb and they look in the tomb, we would expect the first thing that they would make mention of and talk about the most would be the fact that the body's not there, right? I guess it's not that surprising to them because Mary's already told them that the body is not there, that she thinks the body's been taken. But when they get there, it talks a lot about these cloths that are lying there. And you might think, why do they make, why does John make such a big deal of these linen cloths that are lying there? In verse 5, it says John looks and he sees the linen cloths. And then in verse 6, it says Peter came and he sees the linen cloths. And then he sees specifically the face cloth lying there. Why, is, why such a big deal about the cloths? Well, I think for one reason is because this is an eyewitness account. 
And John's helping us to see what he saw, right? He runs and he looks in the tomb and this is what he notices. He doesn't notice the body because the body's not there. But he does notice that the cloths are lying there, which I think is a big deal for a couple of different reasons. Uh, But as D.A. Carson points out in his commentary on John, he said, John saw the strips of linen lying there, evidence enough that no one had simply moved the body, nor would thieves have been likely to leave behind expensive linen and even more expensive spices. So here we see some evidence that tells John that grave robbers didn't take Jesus because they would have taken this expensive stuff with them as well. But also the way that it describes that the cloths were lying there, it's not as if somebody had just come and stolen Jesus's body and these are, are strolled around. It's as if they're laying there and the, the one, the, the head cloth or the face cloth, even we're told that it's folded and placed neatly by itself. And now there are a lot of things surrounding that 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 we're not going to go into this morning. But tradition has it that it's as if these cloths were still lying as if the body had just come out of them, which is possible because we know Jesus and his resurrected body can even walk through walls. So it's possible that he just, when he's resurrected, just comes through them. But either way, these cloths that are lying there are a big deal because it tells John and it tells us that no human just came and moved the body of Jesus, which is a big deal as we think about this empty tomb. So point one this morning, Jesus' body wasn't removed by human hands. Now, why did I say it that way? Because we know how his body was removed. His body was removed because he is God who had come in human flesh. And as he says in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. And so he was resurrected, not because somebody came and took his body, but he literally came back to life because he is God and he has life in himself. He can give life and he is life. And so he came back to life on his own, resurrected, not by human hands that this, that this body of Jesus has left the tomb. It's by his own power, it's by the power of God that Jesus has left the tomb. No human removed this body. We know that They don't know that yet, but John does start to realize that. Look in verse 8. It says, Then the other disciple, that's John again, then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their home. So we see here that this, this whole idea, there being an empty tomb, There being the cloths lying there, it's a big deal. It's a big enough deal. It's enough evidence that whenever John sees it, he believes. John here is the first person to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And how is it that he comes to this? Not because he understood from the Scripture. The Scripture for them would be the Old Testament. He's not recalling some Scriptures and saying, yes, this is what's going on. No, it says that they didn't understand the Scripture yet. That that comes later. But this was evidence enough. John said, the body used to be here. The body's not here anymore. These linen cloths are still lying here, and John puts it together. And he knows what's going on, and he believes. So he and Peter leave and go home. But we see here something. We see that that this, this empty tomb with the linen cloths is a big deal. But we also, I want you to see this morning that the empty tomb, as big of a deal as the empty tomb is, the empty tomb itself is not the star of this show. 
Sometimes on Easter, I, we love symbols, right? When we think about the crucifixion, we think about the cross. We're fixated on the cross, which makes sense because that's where the crucifixion took place. And when we think about Easter, a lot of times the first thing that we might think about is the empty tomb, which is, of course, very symbolic. But what I want to make sure that we don't do is get so fixated on these symbols that we forget what we're really celebrating. We're not celebrating a cross. We're celebrating a Savior that died on a cross to pay the price for our sins. We're not celebrating an empty tomb. We're celebrating the Jesus Christ, the Savior, the God that was in that tomb who then came out of the tomb. So the tomb being empty is a huge deal. And it's fine to, to picture that and to draw that and talk about that and celebrate that. But I don't want that to be the first thing that comes to our mind. I want the first thing that comes to our mind to be the resurrected Jesus. John sees the empty tomb in the linen cloth and he believes. But we're not called to believe that Jesus is alive just because that tomb was empty and just because those cloths were lying there. Look back at the text. This is after Peter and John go home, verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. We see here Mary. She's so sad about Jesus' body being taken away, which... I can't imagine what she's feeling, right? This Jesus whom she has gotten to know and love, she has seen him die, she has seen them place his body in this grave, she has mourned him for a couple of days now, and, and she's come with these spices, hoping to at least be able to embalm and anoint his body in this respectful way, and now she can't even do that because they've stolen his body. And the Jesus that she loves is gone and she doesn't know if she'll ever even see his body again. And it's, I can't imagine what she's dealing with. And it doesn't appear that she knows either because she just stands there. And verse 11 says she just stood there and wept. She's just weeping. She doesn't go. She doesn't sit. They go home, the Peter and John, but she just stands there and she weeps. Because she's so broken about all these things. And she looks in the tomb, and the tomb's not empty anymore. There, there are two people. There are two angels in there. And when she looks in and sees these two angels, they ask her, why are you weeping? She said, well, they've taken Jesus' body away. And then she turns around and she sees Jesus, but she doesn't recognize that this is Jesus yet. And when she sees Jesus, he asks the same question. Verse 15, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she's probably tired of answering this question, but she thinks that this Jesus, she thinks he may be the gardener, and if he's the gardener that takes care of this, maybe he saw what happened, or maybe he took the body. So she tells him, listen, if you took the body, just tell me where it is, and I'll go get it. I'll take care of it if you'll just tell me where the body is. And then Jesus calls her name. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. And that's all he had to say. I imagine he said to her, 
her name the way that he had always said it. Every time he saw her, he probably said Mary, and she recognized immediately who this was. And she, she calls to him, she calls him teacher in Aramaic, and it's this beautiful, beautiful truth because when Jesus called her name, she knew that Jesus was alive. Point two, the only other point this morning is this. Many believed not because of the empty tomb, but because of the resurrected Jesus. Mary believed that Jesus was alive not just because the tomb was empty and not just because of the things that were in the tomb, but Mary believed because she saw Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I'm so thankful for this. The Bible, the Old Testament uh, tells us about this Messiah that is going to suffer and that is going to come back to life. It should be enough for us to understand from an empty tomb what's going on. Uh, Jesus himself prophesied that he would die on the third day that he would be raised again. That should be enough. But God doesn't call us to believe just because of the prophecies that, that happened before Jesus' death and resurrection. The empty tomb should be enough, but God doesn't call us to believe in Jesus because the tomb was empty. He doesn't call us to believe in Jesus just because the tomb was empty and there were cloths and spices there. He doesn't call us to believe just because of the prophecies, just because of the empty tomb, just because of the empty tomb with the linen cloths and spices. God doesn't call us to believe in Jesus and His resurrection just because an angel said so. No, we believe that Jesus is resurrected because Jesus himself showed back up when he was resurrected. Jesus comes back. It's not just that he vacated the tomb. It's that he vacated the tomb and then he shows up himself. He shows himself to Mary and he talks to Mary. And then he shows up and shows himself to the disciples. And then he shows himself later to Thomas and tells him, touch the, the, the holes in my hand. Right? He tells Thomas, he shows these things. And, and Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 that it wasn't just Mary and just the disciples, but over 500 people saw Jesus after his resurrection. Brothers and sisters, we believe the prophecies and we believe Jesus' prophecy during his lifetime and we believe because of the empty tomb, but we believe because Jesus himself came back to life and showed living proof that he had come back to life. And that is how we believe because Jesus bears witness to his own resurrection by coming back to life and showing that he was resurrected. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the prophecies. I'm thankful to see God's omniscience in those prophecies. I'm thankful to see the empty tomb, but I am so thankful that we don't just have to kind of deduce from all those things that our Savior is probably alive, but we have proof, eyewitness testimony that Jesus was, in fact, not just not found in the tomb, but He was alive, walking around, talking, caring for people. Jesus is alive, brothers and sisters. So just to be fair, we, we thought about all of the things that were going through Mary and Peter and John's mind. We thought about how sad they were, how worried they were earlier. And so now I want you to think about how excited Mary probably was. Right? She's at the deepest level of low here. Her, Jesus has died and now his body's gone and she doesn't know what to do. And she's just weeping and crying and asking everybody if they know where the body is. And then all of a sudden Jesus himself just says, Mary. And everything's gone. Can you imagine the joy? This is Jesus. He's here. He's not dead. He's alive. 
And Mary saw him, and he was there with her. I can't imagine how excited she was, how joyful she was. I imagine that joy never left. Never for the rest of her life did she lose that joy, I imagine. And brothers and sisters, I want to ask you this morning, do you have that sort of joy? It's harder for me to to think about all of the despair and and things that they went through at Jesus' death because I know that he's alive. It's harder for me to identify with, with the despair that they had and the fear that they had and the worry that they had. It's harder for me to, to identify with that than it is for me, for me to identify with this joy because their joy was in the fact that Jesus was alive. And I have joy because Jesus is alive. And I pray that you have joy because Jesus is alive. Because brothers and sisters, that's what promises me that I will one day be resurrected. That's what promises me that I will live forever is the fact that Jesus was resurrected and Jesus lives forever. So I ask you this morning, do you believe all of these truths about Jesus? Do you believe that He is the Son of God? That He left heaven and came to earth? Do you believe that He lived a perfect life, never sinning a single time? That He really died on the cross, an actual death, a terrible death? That He paid the price for our sins while He was there? That He was put in the tomb, that He stayed dead until Sunday, and then Sunday He was resurrected, and that He is alive now, that He's ascended, He's in heaven, He's at the right hand of the Father, and one day He's coming back. Do you believe those things, and do you believe them enough to base your life and your eternity on them? Do you believe them enough that you have given lordship of your life over to Jesus? What does that mean? Have you given control of your life over to Him? Because you believe He is who the Bible says He is. I pray that you have. Because I read for you earlier John eleven twenty five, 25 where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. But when He's talking to Martha there before He brings Lazarus back to life, this is what He follows that up with. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in Me shall never die and then Jesus asked Martha a question do you believe this and I ask you this morning that same question do you believe this do you believe that everyone who believes in Jesus even though they die that they'll still live forever and eternity with God in heaven and do you believe that everybody that lives and believes in Jesus will never die do you believe that I pray that you do I pray that you do and it brings you great joy and you know that Jesus is the first fruits that he came back to life promising us that he can bring us back to life as well so today we celebrate we celebrate that Jesus was dead but he didn't stay dead we we celebrate that he died in our place but he also came back to life and defeated death so that we know that he will defeat death on our behalf as well that he has taken our sins and that he has taken our death and that we will live forever because of Him. I pray that if you don't know that, if you haven't understood that before, that you would believe that today, that you have questions, that you would reach out to me. Let me help you think through these things, show you what the Bible says about how to become a Christian, how to believe in Him, what it means to make Him Lord of your life. But this morning, I'd just like to pray for us as we end our time together. Father, I am so thankful. I'm so thankful for this glorious day, for Easter Sunday, Lord, every year that we set this day aside to remember, Father, the glory of that morning when they went in the tomb that they thought was going to have the body of Jesus didn't have the body of Jesus. 
Lord, and to be reminded as we go through John's account, Lord, that of the, all the ups and downs, but Lord, that in the end, that Jesus' body wasn't there because Jesus was alive. He didn't need a tomb because He was living, and He is still living today. And Father, we thank You for that. I pray that we celebrate that and celebrate that well. Father, I pray that we sing joyfully and that we rejoice and that we tell others this wonderful good news. Lord, I thank You so much for allowing us to know it, for, for bearing witness to it in the Bible for giving us your Holy Spirit that bears witness to these truths. I pray this morning, Lord, if there's anyone that has listened to this text and to this sermon that has not come to saving faith in you, Father, that through your Holy Spirit that you would convict them of their sin and that you would call them, Lord, that you would help them to understand these truths so that they would believe, so that they would be saved, Father. We are so dependent on you, but we're so thankful that you give us everything that we need. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.